Perhaps he's wondering why someone would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. At least you can talk. Who are you? It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something that we're feeling nostalgic for we then revisit and review it to find out if our home, to find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. I'm your host, Michael Jervez, and I'm joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Connor O'Keen. It will be very nostalgic for you. <laughs> very nice. Yeah, thank you. What happens if I take off the rose-tinted glasses? <laughs> <laughs> this week we are Closing out the Dark Knight trilogy with the 2012 installment, The Dark Knight Rises. That's right. It's the thrilling conclusion. Yes, indeed. It's all led to this. Once again, story by David S. Goyer, screenplay by Jonathan Nolan and Christopher Nolan, and directed by Christopher Nolan. The film stars Christian Bale, of course. We got Gary Oldman. We got Michael Caine. We got Morgan Freeman. But we also got Tom Hardy and Anne Hathaway. Marion uh, Coltiard. Bane, an imposing terrorist, attacks Gotham City and disturbs its eight-year-long period of peace. This forces Bruce Wayne to come out of hiding and don the cape and cowl of Batman again. There you go. So, talking about hindsight. I feel like last week yeah. I, I, had, I had had my wisdom teeth out. We had a two-week hiatus. I was a bit rusty. I feel like I forgot the premise a little bit, not in oh hindsight and nostalgia, but in the generally positive way that we like to, enthusiastically positive that we like to be about these things and not overly negative and shitting on. And I feel like my, yeah. my minor gripes of me explaining why The Dark Knight wasn't my favourite of the trilogy maybe came across yep. as a bit too negative. So I just want to clarify, I do fucking love that movie and I fucking love this trilogy. Yep. And I, sure, and I sure. think maybe part of it is that hindsight is that because it's been so memed on and you made jokes of like, oh, people have, you know, there's not enough people talked about the Dark Knight on, on fucking podcasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. It feels like, I don't know, maybe I was trying to be too overly critical or contained to not just like add to that. And it's like, there's nothing wrong yeah, to add to sure. that. That's, you're allowed to love that movie, these movies, but I feel like there is a quality about these two movies specifically that the dark knight uh, that batman begins didn't have for me where it feels like that the memeing on has gotten to me a little bit that i'm not able to enjoy it fully as i did right originally okay do you feel like you need to like caveat it with like no no i get i get i get the memes and uh, and this is kind of dumb but but still this and it's like nah these movies are fucking excellent Yes, I agree. I, and I feel, I, I think I felt similarly um, when we did the Cornetto trilogy and I kind of I probably sounded a little more a little more down on the world's end than I, you know, actually am. I, I love that movie. I adore that movie. Mm. But trying to think uh, critically about it, you know, you, you end up digging for things and might end up sounding, yeah, more negative. Or- yeah, so I feel like my, I, I sounded overly negative towards a movie that I was basically spending the entire time explaining why I think it's like a 9 out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10. <laughs> like, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And now I understand because watching this one, objectively, 
there are weaker aspects to this than the second one or mm. maybe parts where it gets a little bit goofy or over the top or hard to swallow, mm. but I like this movie so much. So now I'm the opposite. Instead of me being like, hey, this is why this movie is a 9 out of 10. Yeah, instead of a 10 out of 10. Instead of a 10 out of 10. This is the one where I'm like, hey, this is why this like 8 out of 10 movie I really fucking love and why I enjoy this more than the second one, even though it's an 8 out of 10. Wow. Okay. All right. I I think I'll meet you halfway on that uh, because I enjoyed this movie far more than I expected I would or I- Liked thinking on this movie after the fact far more than I thought I would. I got more out of this movie than I thought I would. Don't get me wrong, there's stuff about this movie that uh, I think misses the mark a little bit and is even kind of a slog, but there's a lot going on here that I really, really fucking love in, like, in theory. The execution, not so much across the board, but I I think this is uh, an admirable attempt at wrapping up this trilogy. This this is a, a really fucking good swing at an epic conclusion, I think it it mostly delivers. Yeah, I think so too. It was it is refreshing. I think sort of in this in a similar vein as the Matrix sequels. I'm gonna bat for this movie where after the fact people are like, uh, didn't wrap it up so well. But at least we had a fucking trilogy that did wrap something up compared to mm. what ever the DC universe is after that. Where it's yes, like, yeah, absolutely. What true. was what was the Ben Affleck Batman? We had a, a poor introduction to him in Batman yep. versus Superman. Yep. He never ended up getting his own movie. Justice League was like a slight improvement on Batman versus Superman, mm. and now the wrap up we're gonna get from Ben Affleck's Batman is gonna be like a the first like act of the Flash before he jumps into a different universe and meets Michael Keaton. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a fucking and mess. so even. Uh, and and similarly, because we watched the Alien films together, showing a friend them for the first time, it's mm. so funny how, with hindsight, people like shit on Alien three and four at the time, and mm. now I look at them and go, like I always enjoyed them, but now I look at it and go, dude, they didn't even, they don't even make crappy sequels like they used to. If that was the version of a <laughs> yes. crappy sequel, it's so the bar is so much higher than what we what we get these days. Yeah, it's like even the crappy sequels in in terms of the uh, Alien franchise had some integrity. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what this movie has. It's like it's a genuinely it, it's an earnest attempt to wrap this thing up nicely and kind of tie everything up with a bit of a bow. And again, I think it. it manages to do so in the ways that are important mm. to do. Anyone shown him the crime stats? He goes by his gut and it continues to bother him no matter what the numbers. He must be popular with his wife. Not really. She took the kids and left for Cleveland. I have plenty of time for visits. The mayor's going to dump him in the spring. Really? Mm-hmm. But he's a hero. A war hero. This is peacetime. So now you said you haven't seen this since your first experience. Is that right? No, no, I haven't seen it since I saw it in cinemas. Um, and when I saw it in cinemas, I don't think, I, I mean, I, I ha- absolutely hadn't watched uh, Batman Begins um, and I don't think I'd watched The Dark Knight in preparation for seeing this in cinemas. I think watching it this time, it really benefited from having recently watched the first two in the in the series um, and being able to enjoy just how, how much they try to wrap things up nicely and how much they try to bring ideas and themes back from the first one and build on themes and ideas from the second one and 
wrap them up in some way that's kind of satisfying or, you know, has a sense of finality about it. Mm, mm. Yeah, I definitely, that's that's one of the main key reasons why I enjoy this one more than the second one, because it's more in mm. line with, it ties back into the first movie a bit in terms of some of its themes or the way that it's villains, uh, like, you know, their cause and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So for me, this is the first of the trilogy that I saw in cinemas. I actually right, cool. went out and saw this one in the, in the theatre because I was an absolute, by this point in 2012, I was an absolute Christopher Nolan fanboy. Like Inception had come out and completely sold me on him and I was an absolute film, film student hard-on for, for Nolan after Inception. Mm. I really, really enjoyed this in the cinema. I uh, had a great time. I think I saw it twice in the cinema and I've watched it a couple of times since- uh, normally when I've watched these after Dark Knight Rises has come out, I do it as a trilogy. I don't normally go, yeah, cool. I think I'll put on the third installment of this trilogy without revisiting yeah, yeah. these ones. It's normally yeah. uh, either all together back to back or, you know, one after another, a few days apart or, or a week apart from each. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, that, I think that's the best way to watch this movie. I think, I don't think this one is as enjoyable to watch as a standalone film as uh, Batman Begins or certainly as The Dark Knight. Like, I think The Dark Knight you can watch on its own as, like, a self-contained thing relatively and um, get a lot out of it. Mm. I think you get the most out of this when taking it, uh, when having all the context of the prior two films to, um, you know, sink your teeth into Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's sink our teeth into it. Uh, Where to start? So having just finished the second one and jumping into this one, again, yeah, it does benefit, like you said, from... All of the the context from uh, the second one really plays in well of what all the characters are doing and feeling and what they've been up to in this. It's a, a like a bigger gap between this and then the second one than the first and second is. But mm-hmm. I th- I don't know what it was. Maybe in my memory that that like that Bruce Wayne being like, oh no, I'm not Batman anymore. I'm in hiding. Was only in hiding because of the fact that it was like, oh, Batman's. Batman is seen as a criminal now, yes, and so he needs to be in hiding. But there is the other aspect to that of like Bruce Wayne doesn't have the will to be a part of this world anymore because of Rachel's mm. death. He's like, that was my future after I stopped being Batman. Mm. Now I have stopped being Batman, but she is no longer here, and so my future died with Rachel. Is essentially his, yeah, yeah, yeah. His feelings on it, and I think that that works really, really well closely after watching the second one that really enforces that. Yeah, and I think it kind of works too in that uh, I, I like that this city, that like we find the city at the start of this movie in this kind of uh, very tentative kind of peacetime, yeah, yeah. you know, where after the after the Harvey Dent uh, incident, they've instated the Harvey Dent Act or the, the Dent Act, whatever they call it, sounds like some kind of tooth... But they've incited that, so they've locked up so many, you know, the bulk of, of Gotham's criminal underworld. Uh, and so they're, they're kind of, yeah, living through this uneasy period of peace, especially for Gordon mm. and for, for Wayne, because they both know the truth of that the, 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 this, this peace is founded on, you know, rotting foundations on, on, a, on a lie. Yeah. What you said last week about, the, the, yeah, the Joker is essentially winning in although Gordon and Batman kind of hide the truth from the rest of the world about Dent, mm. he has succeeded in, it is weighing on them and haunting their 
them mm. for these yeah, eight it's something years. that they have to live they with. are living with and, it and, and struggling with living with that yeah yeah and the idea that the truth coming to light is an inevitability and i really love that as an idea in this movie i love bane uh as like a representation of that mm. yeah the 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 Dark Knight ends on Gordon's speech of this hopeful thing where his son's mm. like, why, well, he didn't do anything wrong. Why, why are they chasing after Batman? And he's like, because he can take it. Because he's the hero mm. that we, like, deserve but not the one it needs right now. And all this stuff that's like, yeah, really hopeful and like, yeah. Mm. And then we get to the beginning of this movie and it's not this, like, fist pumping, yeah, he did it. He can take it. Batman's this symbol anymore. It's it is weighing on them. It is. Yeah, it's not yeah. this hopeful idea anymore. It's it's no, slowly it's, eating it's up like, in, in inside of him. Yeah, and it's almost like the what they achieved at the end of the second movie. It's only really served to maintain uh, a, a very uneven status quo, and that's kind of what the the you know the villains and stuff are responding to. Uh, I guess, like ideologically, in this one, yeah. And I really, I, I do really appreciate that about this series is that each one feels like it's building upon the events and the ideas of the last one in a in a satisfying way. It's like, okay, he's become Batman in the first one, and there has to be a response to that. There has to be escalation. So we get the Joker, and by the end of that one, it's like, okay, they've uh, they've saved the day, kind of, but not really. And they have to maintain this lie to uh, for there to be any hope of a a peaceful future. And then this one, eight years down the line, it's like, yes, they've maintained a somewhat peaceful future, but it's very uneasy and, and it's founded on on a lie that is going to that is inevitably going to come back to haunt them. And I think that's really, really clever. It kind of makes it um feel as though like there was a, a plan from the start or they kind of saw what they'd done with the preceding films and went, okay, what can we do with that in a smart way and not just in like a mm, yeah, we're making yeah. a sequel kind of way. Like feels thoughtful. I really like it because when it comes to movie trilogies, that's like one thing that uh, I think we talked about with The Matrix. It's difficult when the first movie is this movie made and it's a bit more standalone. It feels a little bit more conclusive, but there's still unanswered things about the prophecy. And then when they make two and three, they make them back to back as one production, release them six months apart. And there can be a little bit more cohesiveness between those two movies compared to the first mm. one. There's a little bit more, uh, you know, things that they've changed or even just the visual look and feel uh, of the mm. equipment they've used and the way that it's been graded and everything is cohesive between two and three. And one kind of stands out as being this slight outsider. And I like yeah, sure. that in this one, not necessarily that it was, oh, this was the plan all along, but instead of it feeling uneven like that, it has this, these sort of these peaks and valleys where, the first one is about Batman's ideology and, like you said, the League of Shadows. That isn't part of the escalation of this is happening because Batman has escalated the situation mm. and people are reacting to that. The League of Shadows existed and they were going to try and they've already tried to destroy Goth Gotham with economics mm. and they're going to try and destroy it with a micro wave emitter anyway. And so then we get the middle film, which is the Joker, which is the direct response to that escalation and Batman having to mm. deal with this is the consequences of using theatricality like this. Mm. Yes. And now the last one is back to a similar thing as the first one. The League of Shadows isn't, it's not done. 
these this villain has the same type of ideology that you use instead of it being a mirror to Batman in the way that Joker is Bane is much more of a mirror to Batman in the way that Ra's al Ghul is a mirror to Batman so mm. there's like those similarities happening and so we're sort of back to some of the original ideas of the conflict in the first movie with yeah this city's corrupt but the people are innocent and he was trying to kill Innocent is a strong word to throw around Gotham, Bruce. Uh, but at the mm. same time, having Selina Kyle show up and introduced in the in the early acts of the movie represents that same uh, thing of what you're talking about, of that unease of that piece, where it's not so much peacetime for everybody like mm. what they think. In the same way in the yeah. first movie that... Rachel is saying, oh, they talk about the depression like it was like it's over, but it's still happening for these people. And yes, for, yes. And so for for Selena Kyle, there's still crime going on and there's still people living in poverty, but the rich people are feeling a bit more safer in their city. And so they're mm. all content with going, oh, the problem's gone. Yeah, yeah. You think all this can last? There's a storm coming, Mr. Wayne. You and your friends better batten down the hatches, because when it hits, you're all going to wonder how you ever thought you could live so large and leave so little for the rest of us. And so in that way, I like that they're all, all of these movies are different and they've got a wide variety of villains. I like that you can, you kind of have the the first and third bookend each other with the themes a little yes, bit more. I was going to say, I do really like the, that. And then the middle one can be a little bit more divergent and go on the tangent that it does. And overall, the trilogy feels kind of rounded and even for that. Mm, yeah, yeah. But the second one doesn't feel like in, inconsequential. No, no. Uh, or anything. But I do really like that, that, uh, that the... The idea that the thing that started this is also the thing that kind of ends it. Yeah. Um, it's a really nice bit of book ending. And as I was watching this, the the first kind of um, – or that idea that the truth that they've tried to bury is coming back to haunt them, I was like, that's kind of interesting. I'm not – but I'm not sure, like, how's this going to play out? Because I know it's a, it's a long movie mm. and if memory serves me right, it's a little bit bloated. How's this going to play out? And the longer the, – the more it went on and the more they kind of explored that idea – the more I liked it, um, especially in the interactions between Wayne and uh, Alfred, mm. them kind of talking about that. And, and again, that idea of the truth being this inevitability that must be contended with, yeah. be it, you know, it, uh, personally, societally uh, or, you know, person-to-person conflict sort of stuff. Like the 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 truth be- bet- between um, him and Talia, between him and his relationship with him and Alfred, the truth of his relationship to fear and how he uses it and how he uses it, but not, he hasn't truly grappled with it. Like he hasn't conquered it. Uh, and that fucking beautiful, beautiful, uh, evocative imagery of the pit that he's in, having to climb out of that and it being like this all engulfing thing, uh, like mirror of the well that he fell down as a kid. Yeah. I fucking loved that. That 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 alone makes the like makes this movie like a a newfound uh I don't know if favorite's the right word, but I was like excited to talk about this movie. 
as soon as I saw that shot, I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. Awesome. Um, and not just because it's like, oh, it mirrors the shot from the first movie. It's the idea that that it's it feels representative of the things that shape us as children looming large over us for the rest of our lives until we contend with them and embrace them and make them part of uh, who we are rather than this thing we're trying to escape from or whatever. I, I thought that was fucking awesome. All right. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I love all of that stuff. Just like you said, that sort of reminding of like this is uh, like a part of you and not this thing that you're escaping and stuff. When when he finally mm. goes to make the the climb for the third time, third time's a charm, rule of threes. <laughs> Comedy comes in threes. <laughs> <laughs> and he does it without the rope and he's hesitating just before he 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 leaps. The bat's coming out of the the hole in the wall and being mm. like, yes, remember. Mm. It's, it's a fucking Mufasa moment. It's like, remember <laughs> who you are. <laughs> it is. It is a bit of a Mufasa a moment. Um, I like the the visual of the prison looking like the well. I also like it for the much more face value comparison that isn't a metaphor is just that he is back in a prison just like how we first meet him in Batman Begins. He's sort of at yeah, his sure. lowest point then before he's found his way this is when he's lost his way and he's back to sort of yeah. his lowest point and he's in another foreign yep. prison at some, you know, end of the earth in some ancient place. Mm. Yeah, 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 totally. And that's that's valid. I think it's it's a valid thing to get excited about, especially when there's substance to it. Like yeah, yeah. the the problem with so many, you know, sequels and stuff is that they'll show these things that's like, remember this? And you're like, yeah, but why are you showing me that? <laughs> If that's all you're bringing to the table is, hey, remember this cool thing, I could have just watched the fucking movie at home, man. Why did I pay $25 to see this in a cinema? Mm. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I think this is great. Yeah, and I think that there's there's equal mix of really nice moments where they're showing you pieces from Batman Begins and going, hey, remember this because mm. it's relevant. But there's also really good moments like what we were talking about in Batman Begins where that shot of his dad listening to his heart is a really mm. lovely little shot or sequence. There's something uh, like inherently about the way that the music is scored and the, the like it is framed that gives you that sense of memory or flashback or a different time. Mm -hmm. And yep. And the moments from Batman Begins in this film do a good job of giving you that feeling as well, but then there's also shots uh, from that we haven't seen before, which is you know what we find out the the soldier, the story of the soldier and the legend in the pit mm -hmm. that is young Ra's al Ghul and who we think is Bane growing up in the pit and the child that makes the climb and turns out to be Talia al Ghul. All of those sequences are shot in that same way uh, and have a little montagey kind of quality in the way that they're framed mm. that really screams that like memory. Uh, flashback stuff to me as well that is really nice. Mm. It's it's just like, yeah, I don't know how else to describe it, but it's just really well communicated visually that this is a, a something that happened in the past without it being some flashback that's like 15 years ago or something. Yeah, no, it's shown. I think it's it's something to do with the, the composition. Some of it's kind of, uh, you know, in, in a different frame rate, some of it's slow motion, but it does have this kind of... Uh, almost not dreamlike but you know a, a, it's a recollection mm, mm. so you you when you remember things you you recall like certain distinct aspects of of that thing or that event that feel kind of unreal like what we talked about with memento it taps into that really good yeah thing, yeah those definitely little, those little weird details that you remember 
Leave us. No, you stay here. I'm in charge. Do you feel in charge? I've paid you a small fortune. This gives you power over me? What is this? Your money and infrastructure have been important. Till now. What are you? I've got some reckoning. Here to end the borrowed time you've all been living on. I'm necessary evil. So when it comes to negatives of this movie, these gripes for me are less like in The Dark Knight where I'm going, this is me rationalising why this isn't my favourite in the series. These gripes are me going, oh, I wish I I would like this movie even more if they Mm. didn't quite miss the mark on some of these moments. And I think some of them are, are, are very, very... Gripe is a correct term because some of them are very, very finicky towards my taste and what mm-hmm. I enjoy getting from Nolan's movies that maybe everybody doesn't agree with uh, or mm-hmm. or some people wouldn't even think is an issue and be like, well, you're fucking mm. caught up on that one shot of a thing. But it's I do like that we see his father coming down the well. Yeah. I hate the fact that we, we only hear him say, why did we fall? We don't get to hear him say... So that we can learn to get back up. Like I would like, okay. I would I would really like to hear the full line because, it, like you said, there is substance there. It is it actually relevant. It's not just hey, remember this nice bit from another yeah, movie. Yeah, sure, sure. And then the other thing is when they show that shot in flashback, the piece of music they use. It's not the Thomas Wayne theme that I absolutely fucking love from Batman Begins. That like so I can okay. just I can just imagine it in my mind that if I did a fan edit of just this little fucking like you know <laughs> one second edit. It would get me tearing up if they did that, but they don't do that. Okay. Or maybe that moment, probably I think in the cinema, a lot of this stuff wasn't a gripe for me the first time I watched it. I was- Yeah, it's a pun. It was really, like, that, that first time watching it, I was so hyped. I was such a Christopher Nolan fan and I was such a fan of this series that I was happy to see the conclusion that I was absolutely along for the ride and loving yeah. every minute and went out of the cinema being like, wow, that was awesome. And I was wowed and amazed and stuff. And then yeah, some of this yeah. is subsequent viewings of my own. These things have sort of come up. And then other things are subsequent viewings after hearing the reception and the memeing and the, you know, mm. everybody else's responses. Mm. I'll push back a little bit on the uh, why do we why do we fall Bruce line yeah. and the fact that they don't go on with it. They don't they don't fill in the, the, the next line. They let you kind of put that together. Yeah. They let you recall that thing the same way Bruce is. I like that. I think that's really uh, tasteful, mm-hmm. and I think that respects the audience's uh, intelligence and absolutely like, sure. attention span and all that. And 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 I think this movie, what, what my gripes are with this movie, um, in a similar vein, are the moments where they don't let you do that. I fucking love that last line that uh, Bruce delivers to Gordon, where he says, "The like anyone can be a hero." A hero can be anyone, even a man doing something as simple. Reassuring is putting a coat around a young boy's shoulders to let him know the world hadn't ended. To let him know the world hasn't ended. I was just like, oh fuck! Like immediate, like welling up, immediate waterworks, and the little, the little shot uh, flashback to Batman Begins of him Gordon putting the coat kind of on, recollecting the coat on the the shoulders. That's all I needed, and then show uh, Gordon kind of looking with like a, a, a sense that 
oh, he he's put the pieces yeah. together. Yeah. Having him go, Bruce, Bruce Wayne? Bruce Wayne? I was like, yeah. he's Bruce, Bruce Wayne? <laughs> Bruce Wayne? Like, the, it doesn't matter how you deliver that line, it completely undercuts it for yeah, me. Like, yeah, it completely sure. makes me go, oh, fuck off. Like, I was there. You didn't need to spell it out for me. And fuck the dum-dums who needed it spelled out for them. Fuck them. <laughs> Pay attention, dum-dums. Yeah, yeah. Like, give me this beautiful moment that you can- It has the, the poetic quality that I want. And yeah. don't ruin that poetic quality by adding the explanation. Like, as again, it's yeah, exactly. explaining the magic. Exactly. And then the magic is lost yeah. by explaining it. Yeah, yeah. So I felt I felt like the the not finishing the line earlier was was to my sure. taste. Sure, I agree with that. The music is a is a bigger stickler for me than the like not finishing sure, the line. Sure, yeah, I would have liked no, to hear I'll, the finish I'll of the line go, go because I like Thomas yeah. Wayne's voice and that would have been you know like nice <laughs> and and lovely to hear. Yeah. And yeah, the the lacking of the music though, if it, if they'd given me that music, sure. I would have gotten that warm yeah. fuzzy feeling of like, oh yes, this is his father talking. Yeah, yeah, and I think that would have been a really cool, uh, just a, a really cool thing to include. Yeah. I agree completely. I agree with you putting a jacket around the kid's shoulders. It's a little bit of a clunky line, though. I absolutely fucking lost it at that line in the cinema, and now yep. on on repeat viewings, it's like it's a bit, it's a bit long. It's a bit of a mouthful. It's a bit wordy from sure, Get Out, sure. and I think as well that this movie, if you talk about escalation, the Batman voice here, he kind of he's got like an open mouth, like like he's kind of just like yeah, yeah. It's like I know you haven't been Batman for eight years, dude, but like you're a little bit. Yeah, when he yeah. says that line, like man, he, so put, he put the cow. Like. He's like, "What was the what was the voice I was doing again?" Was, was it this? I think it was. Yeah, yeah it's it like, is, dude, um, fucking close your mouth yeah. a little bit. Like, yes, yeah, it's it's get really that deep uh, voice in the back of your throat, point. but like, don't let the front of your mouth like just hang open empty. Like, close your lips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess at this. Enunciate point. Enunciate a little bit uh, more. Agree. Yeah, yeah, and it does, and unfortunately, that voice does. You you have to acclimatize yourself to the silly voice, yeah. Otherwise, it will kind of ruin those lines, yeah. And so, you know, what is it? Maybe like I've heard people really nitpick on lots of little things, which I think is like, yeah, it's trivial. People saying like, oh, you know, uh, the the, the f- I like funny moment of Selena Kyle disappearing and him being like, so that's what that feels like. Maybe it's a little clumsy because he turns around and he's like, Miss Kyle, like he's about to say something and it's like it's. It's like, what was that line that he was going to say? What was the be- the yeah, beginning sure. of that sentence being like, Miss Kyle, I'm Batman. Like, it's a weird way to start a sentence. Um, but people sure. nitpick and say like, oh, if he turned around and she was gone and then he said, so that's what that feels like. Why did he keep saying, so that's what that feels like in the Batman voice instead of saying in the natural Bruce Wayne voice? And it's like, eh, fucking who yeah, cares? He yeah. doesn't know when anybody's around no, no, ever listening. He's not just going to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay. Presumably he just does the voice the whole whenever time. Whenever he's in the he's costume, like- he does the voice the whole time kind of thing. When he's thinking out loud, when he's like <laughs> doing the like the, he's like, okay, fun. Yeah. Do you fun. think his internal monologue goes into the gruff <laughs> Batman voice when he's wearing the costume? Absolutely. Did I, did I close the garage door to the Batcave? Oh shit! <laughs> we have to go back. <laughs> but then, alternatively, hey, maybe that mouthful of a sentence that he says to Gordon, maybe if he dropped the voice when he said it to him, maybe mm. that could have been even more of a Ooh, gut punch because you wouldn't yeah. have had this like. Maybe the world hasn't ended. Like yeah, him, yeah, like yeah. kind of really fucking like he's got a lisp at this point. It's yes, like it was gruff yeah. before, but now you've added a lisp to the gruffness. <laughs> 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 it's like eight years later, and he's like, 
my Batmobile would take me anywhere. And I was like, Bruce, you're doing, you're doing Forrest Gump. You didn't, you never used to sound like Forrest Gump, Bruce. <laughs> I started climbing. <laughs> um, yeah, sure, I agree. And that would have been a nice moment too for him to like just drop the the voice in this last line to to Gordon because he's basically telling him, "Hey, I'm Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why keep the voice up?" Yeah, I feel that. And and another thing that um in a similar vein that bugs me, and I know we've talked about this before off off mic, but it has to be said. And I know we're jumping to the end here, but that last sequence, uh, cutting back and forth between everyone, where we see uh, Alfred yeah. kind of living out his fantasy of, of... Every year, I took a holiday. I, I went to Florence. There's this cafe on the banks of the Arno. Every fine evening, I'd sit there and order a Ferny Branca. I had this fantasy that I would look across the tables and I'd see you there with a wife, maybe uh, a couple of kids. You wouldn't say anything to me, nor me to you. But we both know that you'd made it, that you were happy. And it's it's beautiful, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. And then they show Bruce Wayne and I don't like it as much. You see, I... I wish, I wish they'd like ended... Like, I wish they'd ended the movie on the shot of Alfred... Alfred just kind of like looking up and, and smiling and kind of like tipping his drink and not show us Bruce. Mm. Like, let us wonder, you know? I tell you what, after this conversation, I'm going to be fucking jumping in and fan editing this fucking movie now because I want to <laughs> recut things and, and stuff because it's funny because I have gripes with that end sequence as well, jumping to the end. Yeah. But it's mm. not that they show that shot. That's not what gets me. Oh, okay. What gets you? What absolutely gets me is I'm hot off the heels of Inception, and the end of that movie mm. makes me fucking ball my eyes out. I love it. The uh, what I've said about Nolan's uh, when he when he comes to emotions, it can be a bit melodramatic and like ram mm. it down your throat. This is the emotional part, and I think Inception yeah. does that really well. Where I still really feel emotional rewatching that movie, even though there's stuff about the plot and the rules of that world that directly don't make sense and have plot holes in them. The emotional mm-hmm. stuff, the emotional core of that movie still absolutely gets me. Okay. And here I am reminded because the, the that end sequence of Inception is so similar of giving that like release of uh, those emotions and it's, it's kind of cut in a similar way. But here it's fighting against itself. The stuff that we're seeing of Robin finding the Batcave, yeah. they really want to end on- that shot of him getting raised up from the water and the yeah, camera going, going into darkness dark. and going to credits with the mm. Batman theme of the dun 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 boom. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great piece of music. And like that last shot ending on that and going to credits and then the credits booming into the theme, that mm. works. But intercutting the Robin stuff with the bombastic score back to Michael Caine. Right, sure. When sure. they show that shot, of Bruce Wayne, it isn't the Thomas Wayne theme and this really like soft, emotional, beautiful music. It's like, it's like he's having a muffin. They're at a fucking cafe in Florence. Like, what are you doing? What are you? What are you? Why are you doing this now? Okay, sure. Yeah, it shouldn't have been a like Michael Caine sitting down and because like yeah, if if we had it your way and didn't see Bruce Wayne, if we ended on that shot, it would be Michael Caine looking over recognizing seeing him not saying yeah. anything and hearing a fucking inception drop of like a boom and it's like yeah, that's yeah, not sure. how 
that that should end. It should end with a, a different piece of music if that's how we end the movie. Yes. Well, I I agree. And, then it would yeah, yeah, so need to be re-edited. The thing that bugs me the most is that I really want to feel how emotional I felt seeing it in the cinema when I was 100% just completely all in, not thinking yeah, analytically yeah. at all, just taking it in for the first time and going, oh, oh ah. fuck, it's going to see him. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. But then the music for me now pulls me out of it. I can't get back into that that thing. The rose tinted glasses are well and truly off. The shot of showing Bruce isn't the thing that I think, oh, you're fucking explaining it for the dum-dums. It's the previous scene with Lucius where they're like, oh, it says here the autopilot's already patched. Like, And then he's like, check the I- Oh, what? It's been patched? Check the yeah. ID number. Yeah, what's sure, the, sure, sure, what's sure. The thing? Yeah. And it's like- it says here that Bruce Wayne patched the software six months ago. It's like the engineers could have said like, oh, it's already been fixed. And yeah. again, yeah, Lucius could have just, you know, had an, a knowingly look instead of going. Yes. Instead of Gordon going, Bruce Wayne is Batman? Instead of yeah. Yeah, him doing that. So I think that there's, I think if you remove that, showing the Bruce Wayne isn't as bad either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's uh, those are both good points. Talking about the music, I overall really like the soundtrack for this movie, and I think this this was the one that uh, had the most for for my tastes the most distinctive soundtrack mm-hmm. uh, and the most distinctive theme, and felt like it was used in the most interesting way thematically. Like I love that at first we're just getting the kind of drum sound of doing the like or whatever that that kind of that that sound, and then it kind of uh, coming in more and more with the vocals and by the time when we see Bane up on the roof coming out onto the roof where after uh, Catwoman and Batman have been like oh, fighting yeah. dudes up there he comes out and you get that like bah, 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 oh. bah, that, that shit coming in and it, it, it feels like them them building to have that chant more prominently it really emphasises this sense of like an impending groundswell mm, and yeah. Bane being representative of that in the worst possible way, mm. and then when we get to see it and, it, and uh, it in the pit, and it means rise and all that yeah. shit, it's like oh, it takes on the a, a slightly rises. different meaning. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Love all that stuff. Yeah, that's great. I love how imposing Bane is. I love the yeah, introduction. Yeah, speaking of, uh, like, yeah, the, the, this is we're well into the 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 visual splendor of Nolan's action. Uh, the the this this choreographed plan of stealing this dude out of the plane and then crashing the plane as and and having a uh, a body in there that they've blood transfused the guy's blood so that his <sighs> DNA matches in the wreckage and all that stuff that's <laughs> wonderfully convoluted but the visuals that accompany it of a, a bigger plane coming down and them like hooking it onto the this smaller plane and fucking rotating it in the air and mm. and blowing the like the back off of it and how like Bane is connected to it, and then they drop the plane. It's not like he gets zipped back up. It's just like no, nah, it's yeah, dropped yeah. around them, and it's just really fucking stunning and incredible. And like the level of practical shit that they shot, as well as the special effects, is like this is stunning. Yeah, it is. It is spectacular. It feels like a, a an attempt, and I'd I'd say a pretty successful attempt at like one upping the the heist that opens the second movie. I think so too. I think it, it, it manages to basically immediately be like, this is your epic conclusion, people. Like, for better or worse, you decide. Here we go. But when where this movie can be really frustrating 
is mm. we're gonna get real technical here aspect ratio so i watched this movie 4k hdr it was gorgeous but the um, where they decide to shoot in imax versus regular cameras is mm. really baffling in this movie because when it's whenever it's whenever it's imax it changes aspect ratio to full 16.9 there's not your black okay. bars anymore for some of it it's the action sequences and it looks fucking glorious for those action sequences similar to in the dark knight the high the the um the the prisoner transport incredible action sequence mm. that we talked about that was shot with imax cameras and it's incredible here it's every single aerial shot establishing a location and then cutting inside that location it's no longer that aspect ratio okay really weird things where there's a lot of characters reacting to these events from a different place mm. so we get uh, when Bra- when bane goes to blackgate prison and and says the speech that he found in gordon's jacket all of the stuff of Bane being shot at Black ba- Blackgate Prison is in the IMAX aspect ratio. And every time they cut to Joyce and Gordon-Levitt and Gary Oldman watching it on the TV, it's not in that aspect ratio. And it's changing right. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth every second shot. And it is so fucking annoying. Like, Wow. I, I don't know if that's a, an issue with... The version I watched on, like, I just watched it on Netflix. If you watch it on Netflix, they've probably cropped the whole thing to be yeah. with black bars and so it doesn't change ratio. And then it's yeah, probably okay. not an issue. And that's the annoying thing that I would say, if you want to watch this movie and stay fully immersed, you have to watch the technically inferior <laughs> action set pieces where they've cropped out some of the, the footage because yeah, it's just too get that fucking scope. distracting. Because it's cutting back and mm. forth, back and forwards. Uh, the other one that really stands out is when Batman first reappears on his bike, and all of the stuff with Batman on the bike and under the tunnels and having the big chase with all the cop cars—that's all the IMAX ratio. When it cuts to Ben Mendelsohn's Daggett, I love Ben Mendelsohn, Aussie actor. Represent when it's showing him watching it on the TV. I believe it's him. He's cropped in like the full cinematic aspect ratio. But then there's a same mm. shot uh, of Gary Oldman watching Batman from the hospital bed on the TV. Mm. And Gary Oldman's shot is shot on, on IMAX. But then in that same wow. scene, it cuts back to Gary Oldman again in the hospital watching Batman on the TV and he's not in IMAX anymore. <laughs> and the same thing happens with... Uh, look, that does sound genuinely distracting. It's really weird. Um, the same thing happens with the, the moments of um, Talia getting out of the pit. Her cl- right. doing the climb is in IMAX uh, and, like, Bane lifts her up uh, as, as everybody, like, you know, uh, engulfs Bane and beats the shit out of him. And the shot of him lifting her up to escape is in IMAX and then mm. she looks down at him... And then it cuts back to a shot of him getting beaten the shit out of and it's cropped again and there's black bars. Mm. And it's like, what is going on? Like, you need, like, some of this, like, the shot of Gary Oldman sitting in the hospital bed and it's shot in IMAX makes me think, okay, that was planned. They knew, okay, there is going to be an insert shot into this action sequence where somebody is in a different location witnessing this same thing. Mm. So we'll shoot it in the right aspect ratio so that it's consistent. But then every other time they've done that, you would have thought that they would have had the foresight to know that this is what they were going to be cutting to. If the scene is literally Commissioner Gordon 
sits at television reacting to Bane reading his speech, you would have to think we know that the footage that we're shooting of him reading the speech is in one aspect ratio and this footage isn't. Like, mm. what the hell? Or crop the the regular cinema cameras. Like, I, I, IMAX shoots in fucking 70 millimeter um, and regular the regular cameras are shooting in 32. Crop the 32 millimeters left and rights to fit a 69 ratio just so that the aspect mm. ratio is right. I don't care that, like, the quality is not as crystal- clear as it is on the IMAX 70 millimeter. If, if we're going to choose between one or the other, I would prefer them. We get a slightly worse experience of the non action set piece shots to mm. keep it in an aspect ratio. than like, yeah, a detriment to the gorgeous IMAX action that they've spent all of that time and money shooting with these, like they don't yeah. have a million of these cameras. They've got a very limited amount of those cameras. So when they are shooting giant action sequences, they can't just go, we'll set up like four cameras here, here and here and get different angles of it. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be really meticulous and purposeful. And everything else about the aspect ratio in this movie doesn't feel meticulous and purposeful. It feels fucking clumsy wow. and really frustrating. Wow, man. Uh, yeah, not something I've ever picked up on again was not my experience so watching again this movie this the more time. we talk am i gonna go in and and like cut this entire film to be in full 69 <laughs> i think you I should think i might i think i might yeah, be be the hero that uh, the internet deserves <laughs> not, the one it, not the one they wanted yeah. um, um but coming let's let's talk let's come back let's to come bane. back to yeah come back to bane because i'm gonna go the opposite direction instead of being like hey i'm gonna have all these technical gripes really divisive as uh, how the voice uh, is performed. Very divisive. Yeah. Some people love it. Yes. Some people think it's a bit too over the top. It's a little bit... Yeah. Uh, again, that that the escalation of we have created the genre almost of gritty, realistic superhero movies. Whatever superhero yep. movies have seemingly tried to be gritty and realistic in the past seem campy and goofy by comparison to what the Dark Knight trilogy is now. Yeah. And how do we keep that going with as good as the Two-Face and Joker was? Now let's do it to Bane, which is mm. I understand a bigger departure from visually how he is in the comics. Also, potentially, mm. uh, just like motivation-wise, backstory-wise, is also yeah. and certainly, d- diverting uh, more. Yeah. Uh, and the voice, yeah, it's it's really, really, really heightened. It's an acquired taste. And I acquired it and then unacquired it and then acquired it oh, again yeah. <laughs> multiple times throughout this viewing. I, I sometimes really genuinely love it. I sometimes love it because it's so silly. And sometimes I go, ooh, ooh. So I'm, I'm torn, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not really torn. torn. I, think overall I, I, I think overall I like it. I absolutely love it. Okay. So when we get to technical stuff about the voice, is, is here- I'd say the mask is fucking sick. I really yeah, like the mask. Yeah, mask is sick. Here's where we're going to get- uh, I'm going to see seemingly contradictory because I was griping on that technical issue with aspect ratio so hard. When it comes to the technical side of his voice, the story was he did a different uh, kind of performance of the voice originally. It was recorded on set and they decided it was maybe not the direction they wanted to keep it with. Plus it was very, it wasn't very readable uh, right. because it was filmed the with mask, the mask yeah. on. And so they changed direction, came up with the voice that we can hear today and all of its ADR. And the technical side is I've heard so many people who are like into sound and sound engineers and stuff like that. 
fucking hate it because every time you hear Bane's voice, like it sounds like how we're talking right now into a podcast. It mark. sounds like he, he like he yes, sounds like he's yes. right there in your ears. He doesn't sound yeah. like he's positioned in the th- space as all of the rest yeah. of the mix is. Yeah. But I fucking love it. I don't care. I like the voice so much. Yeah. It's so intimidating and loud and and kind of, yeah, melodramatically, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say is I kind of, I don't mind that um, decision with the sound uh, design for his voice so much because, I don't know, I think it's it's cool. It, it, it lends or it heightens that sense of uh, that, that imposing quality that he has. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird and like mysterious and almost a bit otherworldly. And given that he's supposed to be this man born in the pit and stuff yeah. and all that, it's it 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 uh, serves to again, yeah, heighten that mythology around him. Mm. That's how it plays to me. But I understand the gripe. I absolutely understand the gripe, and I noticed it. I absolutely noticed yeah. it. Uh, but again, I, I think I liked it overall. Yeah. So I'm going to be unapologetically. I don't care. I love it. I enjoyed every every line read. Every time you hear him, I enjoyed it. Which is there's some fucking cool lines. I, I think I like it where he. I like it where he, the 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 dynamics of his like to kind of come into play. Like, oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then, it was nothing to me but blinding. That's fucking sick. That that makes me go ooh, you know. Yeah. As well, when um when Batman starts punching the mask in that final uh you know big big battle scene in front of the mm. courthouse or whatever it was, and and Batman starts punching tubes off of his mask and he starts being in pain and it's you know the sound of the the, the you know air leaking out and stuff through the respirator, yeah. And Batman's kind of winning and then he goes like really animalistic and he's like growling and just like rawr, rawr, yeah. rawr, punching back and stuff. And it's just like pushing through the yeah. pain. You're like, oh, man, this is. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point it's like he misses and like punches a wall and then he punches the wall again <laughs> as if to be like, Fuck, you cunt, and then like go back to Batman. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. I love it. I absolutely love it. Mm. Um, but I am fully aware of how hypocritical that may sound. After me going on a ten minute rant about how I can't stand <laughs> the aspect, aspect ratio, ratio changing and that it's so <laughs> uh, like it's so noticeable that it takes me out of it, and I can yeah. totally understand that there are people who listen to it and get constantly taken out of it and frustrated every time they hear it. Yeah, sure, but I'm not one of them. Fair so enough. So it's like, hey, I, I can't get back into that headspace of of loving the emotional moments uh, that the movie has because of the bombastic music. But I can fucking get into whenever Tom Hardy's talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a very cool performance. Um, wh- like whether you like every aspect of it or not, I think it's an undeniably cool performance. We got other villains in this movie. Uh, I like the 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 track record of these films having like multiple uh, big bads kind of bouncing off one another or interacting with not one another. Yeah, speaking about things that it does successfully, I think. The track record of knowing that there's going to be kind of two villains to the movie, one major and one minor, similar to the first two movies, we are primed going into this movie to expect that and we go, oh, it's it's Catwoman and Bane. And I think it's really successful that Catwoman turns out to not be a a real antagonist. 
Yep. And yep. then in the Which is kind of true to the comics as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their romance and all of that stuff is well, well trodden territory in the in the comics as mm. well. And then when we then you get to realize, oh, Bane isn't the major villain. He's the yeah. henchman lackey. He's the scarecrow behind yeah, Ra's al yeah. Ghul. Bane is behind Talia al Ghul. Yes. Yeah. I, I had actually forgotten the specifics of that twist. I remembered, I was like, oh wait, I remember this this chick uh betrays Batman in the end. Why why was that? Why was that? I can't remember why that was. And so when it came out with the the kind of the fake out of like Oh, he's ba- Bane is Ra's al Ghul's son. I was like, boo, yeah. stinky, yucky twist. And then when it came, like the the actual twist of like Bane never made it out of the uh, out of the pit, like he never climbed out of the pit. Yeah, it was Talia. I was like, oh fuck yeah, cool. All right, beautiful. That's a, that's a great way to because up until that point, I kind of felt like the Ra's al Ghul tying it back in with Ra's al Ghul and the, the League of Shadows was kind of a little bit like. Of a, uh, a, 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 it was pulled from the asshole. Okay, yeah, that's that's why I felt about it initially. But that <laughs> yeah. kind of made me go, oh, cool. No, that that ties it back nicely. That uh, it feels like it's uh, appropriately, you know, picking and choosing from the the Batman mythos. And uh, yeah, it's it's a cool cool cut, you know. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I love that we are seeing Batman is being told the legend uh, of the one mm. that got out of the pit. And so his his interpretation is that they're talking about Bane. And so when we're seeing yeah. those flashbacks visually, we're seeing it from Batman's point of view of thinking that. And then mm. when we get the actual revelation that it was Talia, we get to re-see those shots and get it recontextualized and go, oh no, that's that's unreliable narrator of it wasn't wasn't him all along. It was it was Talia. Yeah. yeah. It was really good. I really like how they, they're Very able cool. to do that with it's like these these aren't flashbacks. This is Bruce Wayne like imagining this in the yeah, same way that yeah. like I, I love that we get to see Liam Neeson's back as Ra's al Ghul. Mm, mm. Maybe a, another little bit of the like oh you've you've dumbed it down and you spelt it out. They um they have him like fade out. Yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah, a little daggy. We know. I th- I think we know that he's not actually alive. I think the line yeah. of him saying. I told you I was immortal. I watched, I watched you die. Oh, there are many forms of immortality. I think spells it out enough. Yeah, absolutely. But it's cool to get to see him uh, reprise his role. It's nice to see uh, Killian Murphy. Yeah, and a little, in a little uh, bit. Thing. He, he appears in all three. Yeah, yeah very nice. Catwoman's uh, addition or Catwoman's inclusion in this dark, gritty. Uh, Nolan verse version of Batman uh, was initially something that was a little bit um, uh, suspect of. I was like, is it, "Oh, I'm not sure about this." She's a very campy. She's she's quite campy, like as a villain. How are they going to make this work? And I feel like they end up making it work pretty fucking well. She's re- like Anne Hathaway is fucking fabulous. I, yeah, I really uh, love in this her, role. I think she's role. great, and I feel like she manages to do the kind of like. Uh, using her sex as a tool yes. really believably and still in a way that's that doesn't betray the tone of the of the franchise up to this point. Mm, yeah. Um it's like a it's 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 not just like a bar boys <laughs> it's like it's a it's this kind of she plays it up as like, oh I'm just a damsel. Yeah, yeah. But it's this kind of like vicious tool for survival yeah, that she yeah, uses. It's great. I and love it's, it's very cool to like see that. uh her face drop from that performance in mm. those couple of times 
when um, yeah, yeah. at the beginning when he like points out the pearls and she's mm-hmm. she's like you know hysterically afraid because he shot the arrow at her and she's like oh, oh I'm sorry Mr. Wayne <laughs> and then when he's yeah. like the manufacturer clearly explained is uncrackable oops nobody told me it was uncrackable and the little like sting of like her <laughs> music is really nice um, and then as well kind of the flip where she's being herself and serious and, you know, kind of game plan. And then when she's uh, handing over the fingerprints and then Mm. uh, when she divulges that they just sent the message on the guy's phone and so all the SWAT burst in, then she turns it on and is screaming and, help me, help me, help me. And it's just like, yeah. Wonderful, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I love her. Her performance is great. I like the outfit. She's fucking stunning i like that Mm. they didn't i think you're right it is kind of campy uh so it's good not to give her like a more traditional catwoman mask would have maybe been too much that the like goggles flipping up and becoming cat ear silhouettes is like (laughs) chef kiss that's just enough yes yeah yeah just enough best best case scenario and i love she's got some some good lines uh Similar to the like, it would be extremely painful for you. Um, mm-hmm. when he's like, Nice outfit, those heels make it tough to walk. I don't know, do they? Uh, and yeah, for the most part, her action is believable. That although she is like a lot smaller, less like physically intimidating as a Bane or something or a Batman, mm. when she's beating the shit out of people. You you kind of believe that she's capable of yeah you the buy that she's yeah you buy that she can hold her own most of it's yeah like again yeah using her strengths uh, against them kicking them in the balls not just straight out like I'm gonna kick and punch just as hard as Batman I'm gonna fucking twist mm. your arm and break your wrist and all that crap a role that and and like a a bit of a rug pull similar in a similar vein to Talia that I don't know if I like as much is the uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt character, uh-huh. who at the end it turns out his real name is Robin. Yeah. That's a bit tacky. Yeah. I love that character, but that twist at the end makes me go, oh, okay, that's weird. Mm. Yeah, because what, they're calling him Blake the whole time, and Blake, is is that like one of the names of one of the Robins or something? I don't think so. I I, I used to know all of the Robins off the top yeah, of my head, yeah. and I, I've since that, that, that information has since been pushed out of my ear holes <laughs> in favour of, you know, other weird shit. But Yeah, so I remember sort of like leading up to the movie and in the trailer, everybody was like, oh, Jason Gordon-Levitt, he's going to be Robin. Like everybody was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. which one is he going to be? Is he going to be this one? Is he going to be that one? Um, and so then, yeah, I don't know if the thing at the end was just like, no, he's, his legal name's Robin is supposed to be like a- But n- none of- it's, it's that simple, guys. It didn't need to be a convoluted hard thing. His name's just Robin. But he's not going to become yeah, Robin. The- this Robin is going to become the next Batman. Okay. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird and smelly and I don't like it, but whatever. <laughs> I, I agree. It, it is. It feels fumbled in the same way that some of those moments that I love uh, or want to love more feels fumbled. Yeah, I think there's a way that they could have done it. That Well, it, it feels fumbled in a way that uh, it, it feels like 
the decision to put that in was made by someone who didn't have the understanding and knowledge of the source material mm. that so many other decisions made about these characters and about the villains and about you know the world feel like they're made by someone who has a great understanding and love of the source material this feels like a like a fucking michael bay decision like what if his name was robin the whole time it's like shit man you you've got five robins to to choose from at this point in or maybe four at that point in time. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't think it's a, a Michael Bay level of uh, decision. I think it's another spelling it out decision. But because instead of all these other examples we've had of uh, of Gordon finding out that he's Batman and, and Lucius finding out mm. that Batman survived and maybe even Michael Caine finding out that Batman survived, with them we've gotten all the Ra's al Ghul disappearance we already had the line from Ra's al Ghul saying immortality is this, so we didn't mm. need to see him dissolve. We already had the the shot of the flashback of Gary Oldman remembering putting the jacket around young Bruce Wayne's mm. uh, shoulders, and so we didn't need that extra line because the reveal of Robin is literally the, o- the they've only given him one word to show that reveal. Yeah, you can't go. Oh, they spelt it out too much. We knew that from this. They 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 were like, okay, we're gonna say one name and that's gonna prove that it's Robin. And if it was mm. gonna be fucking whatever his name was, one of the different Robins, eighty yeah. percent of the audience would have been like, What does that mean? I feel like that's supposed to mean sure. something and I don't know. So this is them yeah, going Okay, okay. Okay, I, I, I we just you. have to spell it out and just tell yeah, the audience, I, Oh, you were wondering all along who this guy is? Guess what? It's Robin. And and everyone can go, Oh, it's Robin. And that's why yeah. they chose to do it like that. Okay, yeah, maybe maybe you're right. I I still fundamentally disagree with the decision. I think like <laughs> if you're putting it that late in the movie, then I think it should be a deep cut thing. Like maybe up until that point, you know, they've called him Richard or whatever, and it's actually his real name's Dick or something. Or you know, it would be the opposite way. No, that doesn't work because Dick is the shortened version Richard, of Richard. Yeah, it yeah. Doesn't matter. But Dick Dick Grayson, like Jason Todd, Tim Drake, those are names that you could have had the characters referring to him as you know, like just by his first name, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end he says, oh, you know, they're like, name is like Tim, full name. Oh, sorry, uh, you know, Tim Drake or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's something for the people who go, who who know the source material to go, ah, oh, cool. Yeah, and I think you're right. Because know the source material can just put two and two together. When he goes into the Batcave, they go like, it doesn't matter. Like if his name is Robin, but he's going to be the next Batman, then it doesn't fucking matter. It, it doesn't matter if his name's Robin or not. We, well, it we doesn't, understand it, well, that he's It doesn't be matter the next if Batman. the audience, yeah, it doesn't matter if the audience goes, oh, that's Robin. <laughs> you know, it really doesn't. I think you're right. Because similar in the second film, people who know who Harvey Dent is go, oh, that's Harvey Dent. He's going to he's going to become Two-Face exactly. in this movie. And yeah, they're just waiting yeah, for him yeah. to become Two-Face. For people who don't know who Harvey Dent is, Two-Face is going yeah. to appear and then they're going to be like, oh, wow, Two-Face, I heard of Two-Face. But it's <laughs> yeah. like it's not a, a twist to anybody who knows Batman mm. who's watching this movie for the first time. Yeah, and it doesn't need to yeah, be. I get you. Something else that's a, a bit of a, I don't know if it's a nitpick for me. It's it's just something I noticed. Um, didn't spoil the experience for me, but it's uh, I think it's, something we've mentioned for the last two movies and it bears mentioning here because I think this is where it uh, is at its most prevalent uh, is that Gotham lacks any and all real personality Mm -hmm. at this point. And that's fine. I don't need Gotham to have much of a personality at this point. Although having said that, they do talk about this city as though it's something 
worth saving. And it's like, or well, something it just spectacular. Looks like like, it. Yeah, something spectacular. Like, like in the first movie, Raz Al Ghul talks about it as being like the, like pretty much unanimously thought of as the world's greatest city. Yeah. And yeah. when you're shown that now, it's like, oh, it looks like New York. Yeah, I guess people think that about New York, but some people, <laughs> some people don't. It is the Big Apple. Mm. You know, it's it's fine. And I will say uh, Gotham, like, going up, being, like, that that whole uh, sequence with oh, shit blowing oh, up. Oh, yeah, and the, the bridge is dropping. That is spectacular. And, oh, yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. And it really does, like, make good on the the upping of the ante that uh, a sequel, that, it, that the thrilling conclusion in a trilogy needs. Um, and it does feel like Ra's al Ghul's plan brought to fruition, but by this dude who was thought of as too... Uh, you know, he was, he was, what's the too word? Extreme. Um, too extreme. Yeah, but, but no, there's a word. Excommunicated. Thank you. Like it, it feels like that plan actually playing out pretty fucking spectacular. I agree. I, something I really like about in this movie is that, it, and it sort of happens in the end of the dark Knight. Batman says he only has one rule and the Joker says, you're going to have to break it in the end. He doesn't kill the Joker, but in him pouncing on Harvey Dent uh, and saving Gordon's kid, he is essentially just tackled Harvey Dent off of a building and Harvey Dent's dead. So for all yeah. intents and purposes, Batman just fucking killed a person by pushing him off a building. Yeah. Um, and that's his one rule. He doesn't kill. I like that through this film, Batman is still trying to not kill. Uh, he he hasn't fully just gone, all right, I've done it. I've gone through that barrier. I've killed someone. So all bets are off. When he's mm. When he's having the big fight with Catwoman on the building- He's like, no guns, and kicks it out of the way and stuff. Mm. But then when it comes down to down to the wire, really, and that escalation has happened where Bane is taking control of Gotham, they have fucking tanks going around, which are the Batmobiles, and he's got the fucking the bat flying around with missiles. It is important to stop the bomb when it has four minutes before it blows up that he doesn't care that he just shot and killed the driver of that truck with yeah. his with his guns it's like if if they tried to keep the batman doesn't kill people idea in this kind of raised stakes i think yeah, it would take yeah. me out of the movie a bit more i think with yeah totally and you'd kind of go all right dude come on yeah that's the thing because it's supposed to be this grounded gritty realistic thing yes in the situation of he goes there's fucking five minutes until the bomb goes off i have to kill one mm. fucking dude to stop the truck so i can stop several million people dying yeah okay i'm killing someone and it's not mm. played up as this big like oh, 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 do i press the trigger do i pull the trigger oh i can't i don't know if i can oh. it's just like yep it, i the correct amount of escalation for the for the thrilling conclusion i like it yeah a, a seeming plot hole that some people like to rag on this movie for that i'm going to defend is that they Go say on. This this movie, they're, they're stupid. They sent every single cop in the city down into the sewers and then they all got trapped in there. We know that's not every single cop. There's, you know, like a few dozen. Sure, but it's like a big it's, operation. But it's like 90% of the police force to... is under there. Yeah. And, and yeah. then people are like, one, that's dumb. Two, that's exactly what happened in the Narrows in the first movie was they sent every single unit into the Narrows and then when they all got trapped in there, they were like, we need reinforcements. And they're like, they're all, they're all in there already. They're all fucked. Uh. I don't think that's a major problem because I think that that is, I, I, I can understand that there's a level of stupidity going on there that you're like, what? You didn't think of that? But mm. Batman's not around to go, 
hey, do you, do you remember in the first movie when the, that, that already happened? Maybe don't do that, Jordan. Gordon. <laughs> and Gordon's yeah. in the fucking hospital. Yeah, it's some other- And there's some other dumb, dude dumb that hasn't the... been taking him seriously. And he's like, yes, all right, now let's- Hey, look, now we've got the evidence. Let's fucking, finally, let's do something. Time to start yeah. acting because shit's about to hit the fan. And so then they go all all in guns blazing yeah, and go, they're... oh, fuck, no, that was stupid because- Yeah, the villains are counting yeah. on the people who could have- uh, steered that stupid decision uh, back on course, not being there to do so. Yeah, and so I, I think it kind of makes and sense. And for Bane to be part of the League of Shadows, or or it's Talia Al Ghul's plan as part of the League yeah. of Shadows to do this. It's yeah. like her father successfully did that, and that let mm. all of the cops be stuck in the narrow, so that Batman didn't have any backup to yeah. stop Ra's Al Ghul taking the train. And she's just going, "Hey." If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just fool them the same fucking way. If it's going to work, it's going to yeah, work. Yeah, and she's doing it to the nth degree. She's doing it to a, a, a on a larger scale. Yeah, it's like, that's fine. I've got you no know, issues with sequel, it. Sequel, baby. No, me neither. They didn't stick out to me. I know what this means. What does it mean? It means your hatred, and it also means losing someone that I have cared for since I first heard his cries echo through this house, but it might also mean saving your life. And that is more important. I think the only other thing that I want to, like, focus on for just a moment is Michael Caine in all of these movies is fucking wonderful, but he is so fucking good. He's an immense highlight in in all of the films. Again, I I have to uh, reiterate, but I love his performance in this one. I love getting to see him given so much to do emotionally in this role. Um, Their dynamic is is always great, but I feel like in this one more than any, because they have to kind of come to emotional blows, uh, you, you get to play with that idea that Alfred can see through Wayne's bullshit, like he can see yes, Wayne yeah. and his decisions uh, and his motivations for what they truly are, and that is that Wayne at this point, I think, sees Batman as an as an opportunity to like martyr himself. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, he's in denial, mm. uh, and that whole exchange talking about the letter is just heartbreaking. When he's like, you know, I won't bury another member of the Wayne family, and then that fucking shot of oh. him. Oh my god! At the at the graves, talking to the the tombstones of Martha and Thomas Wayne, yeah. saying like oh, "I failed you." I was just like, "Oh fuck!" Oh yeah, like yeah. Tear City. It is. Yeah, I agree. It's excellent. His character is written really well. That he at the beginning he is really really uh, enthusiastically pushing Bruce to be like, "Get back out into the world, do something." Yeah, it's. He's a really wonderful character. It's like he always does what he knows he needs to do for Bruce at the time. Well, what he what he feels really strongly he needs to do for Bruce at the yeah. time. So at the time he felt like it was necessary for him to shield Bruce from the hurt of that letter from Rachel. Yeah. And then when he feels like it's the only thing that's going to get fucking through to him is him leaving and leaving on such bad terms, he does it and it fucking breaks his heart. It breaks yeah. his little old heart to do it. Oh, fuck. Uh, I feel like I've been overwhelmingly positive enough to end it on another gripe and not make it feel like <laughs> I was overly negative. But the the other gripe of this movie, I teased it. You, you forgot. I teased it at the end of the last one. It's almost like this trilogy of podcasts. I've been, it was planned all along. <laughs> it's all been building to this, this one, one gripe. Thing, this one gripe. The title, The Dark Knight Rises, sucks. 
it, yeah, it sure. Is, of all, everything in the trilogy, it is the one thing that feels an uneven. It's kind of clunky. It's really clunky. It's not all in synergy with everything else. This movie works so well as a bookend to Batman Begins, except for this clunky title. That is just yeah, sure. the title of the second movie with an extra word added onto it. It doesn't yeah. work. When when the title is Batman and you add another name onto that, you can have Batman Returns, Batman Begins, Batman and Robin, whatever. Like, that's fine. You can add other names to it. And it's, Batman Forever. Yeah, and it's not that clunky. But when you have a title that is The Dark Knight, that's three words. And that's a cool name yeah. for a film. But it feels like they kind of lost their way of like what Batman is. Like the Dark Knight is when he's sort of at his lowest in being like, I need to be the martyr. I need to take the fall and be the bad guy. I'm not the hopeful Batman anymore. I'm the Dark Knight and yes. it's edgy. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm the, like the, the whole time they're talking about thing. being uh Harvey Dent being Gotham's white knight. Yes. So of course it's like, it's like yeah, that makes it's, sense. It's, it's kind of nice. Thematically. Yeah. Yeah, that they are the the opposite. Other side of the coin, so oh, to speak. Oh, very nice. Eh, fuck, I'm clever. So clever. <laughs> and here, yeah, it just makes it clunky, adding one word. I think if you're going to mm. add, if you're going to have big titles to, uh, to, to big subtitles to things, you can have a clunky title like The Pirates of the Caribbean. That's a long mm. wordy title. But then you have another wordy subtitle that's The Curse of the Black Pearl. And you're like, cool. And then yeah. you can have another, then you can have that same thing and go Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. And you go, oh, cool, that, that, that fits, it works, it's, yeah. it's even. Yeah. And here yeah, sure. I think thematically it would have worked if it was Batman Rises and we went back to calling him Batman instead of the Dark Knight. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have, uh, well, all right, smart guy, what do you got? Um, and I really like I've, that. I've, I actually really like that. I hadn't thought of that. I've, I've, I, I, I'd thought of it in the past, like, I think when the movie first came out and I was like, oh, maybe it could be called Batman Rises. After this conversation, I am dead set, 100% in for it being called that, and I'm 100% in making a fan edit of this movie that is called Batman Rises. Love that. Do it. I love that for you. Maybe, maybe yeah. live we, your, could, live your maybe truth. we could bookend- uh, this film a little bit more by having it have some non-linear editing like Batman Begins. Maybe he can start in the prison and we can work oh, our way there. Thinking big. Who knows? Watch this space. <laughs> big things rising. Yes. So to speak. The fan edit no, that's, that's great. <laughs> thank you much. For, so thank you very much for listening to this whole trilogy. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, if, if, if you want to shout it, on the rooftops uh, to, to the others. Uh, yeah. We always say that sharing the podcast word, word of mouth is really helpful. Um, if, Absolutely. If you want to fund our R&D department, our Lucius Fox, <laughs> to, to bankroll this fan edit, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash rose tinted review uh, and sign up there to get access to all of our bonus episodes. You can also now do that on Spotify. You can do a Spotify subscription and get access to all the all that same exclusive content. Links to all of our socials are in the episode description. You can reach out on any of those uh, to tell us. What would your alternate name be ah, for this That's film? great. That's excellent. Yes. I want to hear suggestions. Maybe maybe someone can convince me that there's something better than Batman Rises and I'll uh, and maybe I'll change the name of my fan edit to it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Or get weird with it. 
the bat down in the well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something really fucked up. Next week, Connor, what are you taking us away from? You get, Next week, Michael, in anticipation for the latest uh, entry in this series, franchise, whatever Ooh, it is at this point, I'm taking us back to a film that just hit that arbitrary number Woo. that we decide to, <laughs> to watch movies at. Happen to co- happens to coincide with the uh, the new entry coming out, 2013's Evil Dead. Awesome. Cool. I am really excited to hit this one up. We're going to be talking about it at length, and we will also be talking about Evil Dead Rise on the Patreon podcast, The Blind Spot. You better fucking believe it, because I am so excited for this movie. Awesome. All right. Well, watch along at home to get that full amount of context, and join us next time when we find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. There is a prison in a more ancient part of the world, a pit where men are thrown to suffer die. But sometimes a man rises from the darkness. Sometimes the pit sends something back. Bane. Bane. Born and raised in hell on earth. Born in prison? No one knows why or how he escaped. But they do know that once he did, he was trained by Razel Gore, your mentor. Bane was a member of the League of Shadows. And then he was excommunicated. And any man who is too extreme for Razel Gould is not to be trifled with. I didn't realize I was known for trifling with criminals. That was then. And you can just strap up your leg and put your mask back on, but that doesn't make you what you were. If this man is everything that you say he is, then the city needs me. The city needs Bruce Wayne. Your resources, your knowledge, It doesn't need your body or your life. That time has passed. You're afraid that if I go back out there, I'll fail. I'm afraid that you want to.